Hey, welcome to Tangible Takeaways, episode 88. I'm Jackson, and today I'm going to talk about how if you love Jesus, you're going to love what he loves. And I'm Kurt, and I'm going to talk about how wise people really love hearing God's voice and how the fool really has a difficult time accepting God's input. All that and more on this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Pastor Kurt, thanks so much for being on. It's good to be here. Yeah, always appreciate you taking the time. And a, a fun message this weekend, um, maybe not a fun one to preach, yeah. but it was a fun one to listen to. And I think there's so much around the topic of a fool. I mean, like you said, probably secondary to wisdom, the most repeated phrase or word throughout uh, all of Proverbs. So what was kind of that process like of trying to synthesize all of that data into, you know, it was, a 45 it, minute message? Yeah, it's overwhelming, Jackson. It was just like, I can't believe how do you take that big of a theme and try to compact it down? Because there's so many things that we never even got to. Um, but there were principles that seemed to be consistent. That's what we tried to talk about on the weekend. Those things that kind of were just jumped out to me, but yeah. there was so much more I'd never get to. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of high volume of content there that you're Absolutely. dealing with. Was there anything that was, you know, in kind of digging into that aspect of Proverbs, was there anything that stuck out to you that was new or different um, than, you know, previous times that you studied it? Yeah, I think like most people, you read Proverbs and you feel like they're just a bunch of random thoughts. But when you look thematically, and I haven't really done that a ton, just look at the fool all the way through Proverbs, it... Um, it's how prominent they are, how much God is concerned about the fool, hmm. how precarious their life is. Uh, those things kind of popped out to me that this is not just a, a subtle theological idea. This is a deeply rooted Bible idea that um, God cares deeply about those people hmm. and even those that relate to them. Hmm. Because there's a danger kind of around yeah. Foolery, I guess. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. yeah. It, there's just, there's a risk. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting, a line that you said this weekend that God is too much for the fool. He, he requires too much of them. And I thought that's such an interesting thing. If you look at the wise person who delights in God's requirements, doesn't see them as have tos, but sees them as get tos, yeah. sees them as life. But then over here, you've got the fool and the fool sees them as this burden almost. And so how do you get, I mean, two human beings, you get one that delights in these things and the other that is burdened by it. How do you get there as a fool, I guess, where God is asked too much of you? Yeah, it's, it's a hard one because I think biblically we all start out as fools. We're all separate from God. We've all gone our own way. You know, Isaiah 53 talks about we've turned our own desires. Yeah. And so it's only by God's grace that I think we move from foolish to wise. And I, I kind of think of like a parent when you're a when you're a, a child to a parent, your kids get used to your voice. Mm. And even in a crowd, you you know, you hear your parents voice calling to you and you can kind of turn and catch. Oh, that's my mom or dad calling to me. And there's an awareness and actually a bond to that, that even a baby, a, a young child loves to hear the voice of a parent because mm. that, that that gives comfort. I think when you're a child of God, when you've given your heart to Christ, to the wise, that voice is a comforting voice. It's a voice that might not always be, you're doing great, but it's that voice that says, uh, you might want to work on this, or here's where we're heading, or here's what I need you to do. Yeah. 
And so for the wise that is in Christ, that voice is a a refreshing and a warm and a loving voice. I think for the fool, that voice is just, it just is grinding on them because they don't want to hear from that person. There's no Mm -hmm. bond. There's Mm -hmm. no relational connection to that voice. Um, And so I think that's part of it. I think the fool doesn't get there because the voice just seems foreign to them. Hmm. Yeah, there's almost a a lack of trust to the the requirements or to what God is asking of us. And so because there's not already a a foundation of trust that's built there, Mm there's kind of a void to see any benefit in it. Yeah. And, and so, even a track record. Yeah. You know, when you when you even use that parent analogy, children have a track record of a child, I mean, of a parent caring for them and loving them and yeah. guiding them and blessing them. And for someone outside of the family of God, there's not the trust, like you said, of a, or even the track record of watching God do that in your life. And so it's a, it's a really, that's where faith comes in. Yeah because it takes faith to move into that relationship to God and something you maybe haven't seen him do for you. Yeah. Um, but that's even our And inversely our for the wise, you've got to taste and see that the Lord is good. They've seen it. They've and seen so they it. adhere to it all the more. Absolutely. And I do think I see that all the time in the lives of believers, that the longer that they've been doing things God's way, because it's one thing to give your life to Christ, then it's another thing to begin implementing wisdom in your life. Mm-hmm. But as you do it, the longer that you start living God's living life God's way, the more you want to do it because you just realize like, this is good. This is a good way to live life. Like it is more enjoyable. It's more consistent. It's simpler. It's more reliable. There's something just so so sure and steady about doing life God's way. Yeah. And at times, even those, and I totally agree with you, everything you said there, even when it is seemed to be harder, the outcome is still better. Yeah. So even if it's those moments where like, man, it's I don't even want to get up or I don't want to deal with that or I don't want to act this way that God wants me to act. When you choose to follow him, the outcome is just always better. Yeah. And so you can actually look through that as well to say, even in those hard times, life just makes more sense when I'm obedient and following God's wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting to kind of break down the idea that Proverbs had of fools across those three different categories. And the one that stood out to me the most, because I see them everywhere on social media, in my relationships, was the oblivious fool. Because I think as our culture has really abandoned truth, you get that. Like I loved the different um, things that were in the Hebrew language that you were pulling out. There's this lack of fences or filters. It's just kind of open doors, open book, everything goes. I think we see that all over our culture. And so it really begs the question, I think your action points for us there was to kind of teach them and challenge them. What what does that look like? How do we, you know, if, if I've got somebody in my oikos or my relational world that definitely is just kind of like, hey, Christianity's cool, but so is everything else. How do I teach them and challenge them in a way that is going to push them towards wisdom yeah. and not push them away or turn them off to Christianity? That's a great question because it's so practical. I I guess I would say, Jackson, it would be that balance between humility and confidence. I think when we talk to a person who's in that uh, oblivious fool category, we have to come them come to them with humility to know that's where we were. Mm. This isn't something you're not, you're not, I've never been where you're at. Yeah. No, we've been there. We have tried it our own way. And the result is we've seen the light and God showed us who he is. Yeah. So there's not an arrogance we should have to say, you got to listen to me. I know everything. 
It's more the humility of I've been where you're at and I really don't want you to stay here for your sake. Yeah. But then it's linked to the confidence that the life that we're living has such beauty and joy and purpose and value to it that we're not trying to sell them a used car that doesn't work. We're selling them something that's fresh and new and it's vital and it will give them an experience that mm. they've been longing for their whole life. They just have, they've been looking for it. They just haven't known where to look. Yeah, it works. Yeah, I, I do think that's a huge piece, right? If you haven't begun, you know, going back to that kind of tasting and seeing, you haven't begun to implement things and see real change in your life, then you're gonna be a little bit sheepish about, you mm -hmm. know, promoting the God's way. But once you've start, started to see the results in your life, it's like, how could I not point you in this? And the humility to say, it's not that I'm pointing you to do things my way. I'm pointing you to do things God's way. Because right. ever since I've started doing things his way, it's just been working out better in my life. Yeah. And to me, I think when you're talking to that oblivious fool, it's almost like the, the general rules of argument don't work super well. Mm -hmm. Like this is not a space for logic because logic would not have led them to just kind of have open doors for everything goes. Absolutely. So that's not the ground that we're building off of. And I do, I, I see people, I see this younger generation be really experientially focused, very interested in spirituality. That's very vague and kind of open-minded. And I think as there's so much emphasis on experience, then I do think one of the things that we need to be pointing those people to are the outcomes. The outcome mm -hmm. of wisdom is so good and so worth giving ourselves to um, because we're living life God's way. And so I think rather than focusing on it's illogical, it's irrational, you know, all of the natural defenses that we want to go to, I think it's really important to highlight to that person the outcomes of doing life God's way and the outcomes of doing life your own. Yeah. And I think it goes back to when I was talking this weekend about when a fool rejects God, whether it's that overt fist in the face or is subtle, I just don't need him. It does lead to that broken life of, of, of sin and rejection of the values that seem like we look in the news, you're like, I can't believe this is happening. How do they not see this as just off center? Yeah. Well, they can't see it. So I do think in the midst of your humility and confidence, in the midst of you're trying to share the story and the outcome versus just logic, it's trying to help them see the person of Jesus. Yeah. I think Jesus as his person, who he is as the God man, is the example that people are probably trying to get like, but they just don't know how to get there. Yeah. And they don't want to be judgmental and, and yet Jesus cared deeply about things and shared things that were non-judgmental and others he was very much judgmental. Yeah. But showing him the full orb of who Jesus is, I think in our culture, it's post-Christian, they don't even know who Jesus is. Mm. And so we talk about Jesus and they're just like, okay, that's the guy that yeah, a lot of people believe in him, but I don't have a clue. I think we talk about Jesus because they're going to have to come to grips with there is a God. Yeah at some point and if this is the person they can get their handle their head around then i think there's a chance for them to respond to the grace and the gospel but it's it's very personal i, yeah. I do think you, your experience of this is who jesus is and what he did here's what he's done in my life yeah i i think that that carries so much more weight specifically with that kind of fool i think right. 
I think the other two, you can get into some more logical conversations because there is a logical breakdown right. there and yep. they think they've got it figured out, but yeah. they don't. <laughs> and so this one though is, is so different. And it's almost like with the oblivious fool, they're looking for all the right things. They're just looking for it in all the wrong places. Yep. And so what's so good about that and what's so easily redeemable is just, man, affirm what they're looking for but just point them in the right direction. Yeah. Like, man, that's a great thing that you're looking for that for you or for your family or for your kids, but you're not gonna find that over here. Let me point you to Jesus because that is where you're Absolutely. gonna find that. It's like that imagery back in the day of the person climbing the ladder of life only to find out they're standing, the ladder's leaning on the wrong wall. Yeah. To say, the fact that you're trying to improve, they're trying to get stronger, great. Recognize where are you going to? What's the outcome? Yeah. Because the outcome of your life is this. This is what, is the Bible says about your outcome. And I know that's not what you want. Yeah. You know, you how, know. how devastating to you think about it. It's one thing when you're in your twenties and it's like, Oh, I was going in the wrong direction. You get to your fifties, your sixties, your seventies, you realize you just spent 70 years building in the wrong direction. Yeah. That's like, when you talk about the Bible's concern at the risk of being a fool, that's devastating, yeah. not irredeemable by any means, but it is, devastating well, to say, was, man, I've given my whole life building the wrong way. Yeah. Well, and that's when you mentioned those age groups. You look at the the baby baby boomers from the, you know, the eighties, the one with the most toy dies with the most toys wins. Yeah. That was the motto. Yeah. And they're like now realizing they have all the toys, but they have no life. They have no purpose and they have no future. Mm. And now they're realizing that was an empty approach. Yeah. And, and those are the hard parts. That's what you want. I think in those teach and challenge, you're trying to get in front of them to say, Hey, this is the, your ladder's on the wrong wall. You're, you're gaining the wrong things. Yeah. And at the end, the Bible will tell you, you're going to get to the end and you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. And I think that's that reminder that just dripping that into people's lives, not pounding in their, you know, in yeah. their heads, but just kind of dripping that is a huge, huge thing for reaching to that community. Yeah. Last thing that was interesting to me, I, I appreciated the call to introspection to say, man, we're not just talking about people outside of ourselves. There's a, there is a proclivity still to foolishness in each of us. And, um, we have to identify where that is so that we, um, don't just continually fall victim to it. So the real challenge with that or the real paradox to it though, is Proverbs talks a lot about the great irony of being a fool is you generally don't know don't that know you're it. a fool, yeah. you know, or it, you're, you're in a whole nother category. If you know that you're a fool and you don't care, you know, it's right. very, that's few and far between most people who are fools don't know that they're fools. And so if I don't know that I'm a fool in the area that I'm foolish, how do I kind of come to realize the areas that I need to pursue wisdom? in my life yeah i i think for me the number one thing to do is to have people who have permission in your life to talk to you mm. outside of a crisis mm. um, i think in the middle of a crisis you might be open to hearing but most people are just swimming at that point but to say even in the good days of your life when nothing's going wrong and there's no struggles to say i've got these five people and i've told them you have the right to talk to me about things in my life Whenever that happens, I trust you and I love you and I respect you enough to know that you're not going to just going to be picking on all the little issues. But when you see things in my life that are foolish to give them the the opportunity and the responsibility to speak to you, I think 
you almost have to create that openness mm. before you ever kind of get deeply into life because in the midst of a foolish act, people really don't slow down to listen. Mm. You, know, you watch people who are maybe cheating on a spouse and you're like, how did you get to that point? Well, when you begin to talk to them in that moment, they're closed off. Yeah. The sin has taken over their heart so much that they're not listening to outside voices. So I think you have to have people prior to a crisis in your life who are available to be open and honest with you before mm. you ever get to the moments where that foolishness maybe rises to that level. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. That is pursuing the path of wisdom, right? To say, man, I'm I'm not going to be able to live life alone. I'm not going to be able to pursue wisdom alone. I need community and I need people to keep me accountable. And that is, I think one of the interesting things that lies at the heart of wisdom is understanding that I'm prone to be a fool, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's such an interesting irony to wisdom. But if I understand that I'm prone to be a fool, I'm less likely to just mindlessly fall into my foolishness, but intentionally take steps like putting people in place in my life that have permission to speak into it. I think also the great beauty of having the Holy Spirit present in our lives, that he gets to, you know, I love that line in the Psalm, search my heart. Oh God, you know, give me, create in me a clean heart, a pure heart and find those things in me um, that are, that are still broken and don't want the things that you want. Because at the end of the day, it's the spirit who has the power to change our desires and our desires are the things that tempt us. And so it's like, okay, if I don't want to keep kind of falling down these same roads, man, there's stuff Mm -hmm. I can do. I can put in place to be wise, like good community accountability. Um, There's just maybe not good places for me to hang out or not good movies for me to watch or not good apps to have on my phone or down the list goes, there's stuff I can do. But when it comes to flipping the desires in my heart, I, I can't do yeah, that. It's I need the spirit. And yeah. so find those things, those broken desires in me and, and rewrite them, retool the way that my heart works. Absolutely. It's kind of going back to that humility side again is, you know, the spirit works on us and we should never, uh, you know, we should live a life of victory and that God's doing amazing things in our life, but also recognize that we're not above failure. Yeah. Most of the failures you see in life were people who thought they would never fall. And that's the fear I have yeah. is that when we are proud and say, oh, yeah, those guys are they're just they're, they're fools. I would never do that. Yeah. That's, I think, when you become really risky. Yeah. Because you are able to do those things if you're left to your own devices, if you're not walking in the spirit's power. Yeah. If you're not reading the word of God, if you're not engaging with believers, not hearing voices back from people who are God followers, who are trustworthy and will give you honest appraisal. I think that's the fear I have is that we have way too many people in our society who think, oh, that'll never happen to me. Yeah. And I think it's even back to the, you know, the deconstruction people who, well, that won't be. I, it's, no, if you start going down certain roads, it leads to other roads. Yeah. And your intentions at the beginning certainly weren't to go that direction, but that doesn't change the reality that the enemy uses those directions to pull you from God. Yeah, man. And I do think that moment that you think that you're invincible, it's when you're most vulnerable. Yeah. Because you start taking away all the safeguards. You start taking away all of the things that were there to prevent you from going to those mm-hmm. places. So now in, you know, and, and that's the great tension 
that we have to live in, hopefully not in an overly fearful way, but in a way that's wise, that, man, all of our lives are are just seconds of a bad decision away Mm -hmm. from kind of washing out that testimony, not washing out our salvation or the grace of God in our life. But man, at the end of the day, we want to live a life well lived. We want to live in relationship with our our spouse and our family till our dying breath. We want to be able to um, kind of have all of those things intact and be able to live a life that, man, when you're on your deathbed demonstrates, man, if you live life God's way, it goes well for you. We don't want to be, nobody signs up and says like, man, I want to be the horror story that people say, (laughs) I hope I never get there. And so we all want that, but man, you don't, you don't just happen upon living life God's way. You don't just happen upon the fruit of that. It does, it takes that intentionality. It takes, um, it takes caution, but not at the expense of confidence either. You know, you've got those other great lines that we're more than conquerors and we don't have to be afraid that stuff doesn't own us anymore. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm I'm not going to stop being cautious right, about take it. Take heed either. lest you fall. Yeah. Kind of that other passage that you just yeah, there's this yeah those are both there. Yeah. You take heed so you don't fall because the whole passage dealing with temptation. Watch yeah. out. And we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. We can deal with any situation in life, whether it's the things Paul was going through with the devastation of prison life and all the things he was lacking. Oh, it's it's both there, but I think we lean one way or the other, and, yeah. and I think personality plays a little bit in that. Some people lean into the, I can do everything. I'm not. There's no problems, and there's others that are more mopey and concerned and looking yeah. in the rearview mirror of their life. That balance between the two is, I think, what gives you that wisdom. And then you said something earlier. I love Jackson. Is that it's it's not something we do alone. Mm. This is, I think, isolation is when fools get worse. Mm. Because when you isolate yourself, the folly begins to be, you begin to talk to yourself out of things mm. because you're not hearing anyone else's input. Yeah. And I think that's another thing, even in the body of Christ, why he put us all together. You, James says, confess your sins one to another. There's a side where, hey, we're supposed to do life together and none of us are going to be able to withstand the, the, just the weight of temptation and sin and our culture on our own yeah the spirit will help us and that's great and he is amazing but we're also designed through the spirit to partner with spirit-led believers to get in this thing together and i think that's huge in our success to be wise people yeah in this era that you've got a bunch of people that say man i love jesus but i hate the church it's like man you're not you're not going to love Jesus for long if you walk away from the church. Absolutely. And I know that the church is broken. I know that people get hurt by the church all the time. All those things are true uh, because the church is a bunch of broken people hanging out together. That's, that's what's going to happen. It comes with the territory. But at the same time, the church is God's plan A for the world. And there is no plan B. There's no plan B. And that's so I want to be a part of it. I want to be in it, even if it's painful, even if it's hurtful. Because if I love my Savior, then I love what he loves. Absolutely. And he loves his church. Love that. Can't walk away from it. Thanks, Kurt. Oh, I appreciate the, here, the conversation. And uh, man, I hope that uh, just an encouraging conversation for you. Uh, if you've got a tangible takeaway from Pastor Kurt's message this weekend, let us know there in the comments. And um, man, uh, don't forget to like the video, uh, give us a thumbs up, subscribe, and uh, you'll get future updates about videos as well. That's all we have for this week. We'll catch you guys next week on Tangible Takeaways.